Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. And I am so excited about today's guest. This wonderful woman, Jennifer Cook, did the foreword for the book that I did with Trisha Bliven Chazanoff back in 2014, Easy to Love but Hard to Live With, Real People, Invisible Disabilities, True Stories. There's also a great interview with the wonderful Henry Winkler. And, you know, I feel like this book came out before its time. I would love to do a rebrand because we weren't talking about neurodiversity, neurodivergence. One of the shows that's done a great job is a wonderful show, Love on the Spectrum. So I watched the first two seasons with my family, the one in Australia, and I fell in love. And then I found out there was an American version and that Jennifer was a part of it. And I thought, holy cow, it's been so many years and she's back. Jennifer Cook is a best-selling author of many books about autism, including the popular Asper Kids series aimed at autistic kids and parents of autistic kids. In her memoir, Autism and Heals, the untold story of a female life on the spectrum, where she talks about her own autistic journey, her passion and enthusiasm are clear in everything she writes. When she's not sharing her experience in writing or helping others navigate the tricky and often confusing neurotypical world, Jennifer is speaking to groups including high-profile audiences, consulting about autism with the folks at Sesame Street or being the on-camera expert on the Netflix show Love on the Spectrum US. Jennifer, it's so good to see you. I'm so excited. Hello, Lisa. I have to it's great to hear your voice again. And you do. You have the most beautiful. No wonder you're on the radio. I know you have the best voice. Oh my god. <laughs> so, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, you know, um, yeah, this it's we have certainly come full circle because I was saying to Lisa that you were the first person that I ever did an interview with on air. And, you wow. know, that was that was 11 years ago now. And so the world has turned upside down. Um, yep. But it, yeah, so I, I feel so such loyalty to <laughs> you gave me a platform before I really had one. And, uh, and yes, and I did love that book that you that you all put together. And you're right, it was ahead of its time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even a neurodivergence wasn't even like a term. It wasn't even a thing, you know, that's really a relatively new word. Yeah. You go on TikTok and it's all over the place. Completely. And before we jump in, for people who are listening who really don't know much about autism, tell us a little bit about what are some of the signs and how do they play out? So autism is a neurodevelopmental disorder, which, um, you know, but I just like to go, it's, you know, it's a kind of neurodivergence. Um, basically what it means or what it looks like is that you'll have sensory issues. Um, that's a, a biggie, um, growing up for sure. Um, anxiety is a, although that's not a diagnosed part of it, that is a big part of it. Um, you know, classically people talk about looking somebody in the eye or not looking somebody in the eye. That's, that is, that, that is not nearly as, uh, Got a factor or got a check off as, as people seem to think it is. Uh, special interests. That's a big one. Um, passions, topics where people will say obsession. I hate that because it's so, it just sounds so judgy. Um, but you know, um, there'll be challenges in, if you will, group work, maybe doing better on your own than doing group work, whether that's in a profession or when you're a kid in school. Um, there's a much higher rate, and this is certainly not 
a yes or a no, but there's a much higher rate of gender um, identification of, of feeling, you know, um, that this isn't right for me. Or um, I think it's like three to six times as, as likely that to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazingly different, which is really kind of interesting too. wonder where it all yeah. where all the wiring comes from, right? Um, so what else have I missed? You know, the, it's really, it's really about the social stuff. And, you know, yes, people often think of there being, um, verbal issues or language issues. And that is not necessarily, it's, it's funny. It's the nonverbal, right? When we talk about same with NBLD, it's, it, it's nonverbal cues that give challenge. And yes, there are some people who struggle um, with, with language themselves, getting, just getting the words out, sometimes not able to at all. Sometimes there is speech regression as a little child. And then sometimes you have people like me who had 18 months of speaking in full sentences and never shut up. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's sort of the constellation, if you will. I want to hear about your experience. I think people are probably surprised when you said on the show, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it first and then come back, but do come back that you yourself have autism. So talk right. to us about that and what that journey was like for you. Well, yeah, you're 100% right. You know, I think that um, the, Kaylin and I were actually speaking just recently. And one of the things we were talking about is, and I think both of us anticipated this, is that we were going to get the, really, you have autism? Really? You're on the, you know, right? And that's because we do have sort of a generalized concept of what autism looks like, which is not a thing, right? It doesn't look like anything. But, you know, one of the, the descriptions I use is, is to sort of imagine the idea of a constellation. And that if, you know, if you're standing here on Earth, you can look up in the sky and you see the Big Dipper. And obviously, those stars actually have nothing to do with one another. They're just there, right? And then we associate them all and we create this picture. But if we were to go stand on Mars and look up at the sky, that whole image wouldn't be there in the first place. It's a concept that we've put together in order to string together things that are really disparate and have nothing to do with each other. Well, it's the same thing with neurodiversity, right? And and whether it's autism or NLVD, whatever, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't matter really. Um, NVLD. Uh, but yeah, so it's the same thing is that we are looking, if you can imagine um, autism as being less of a linear spectrum and more of kind of the same way you hear people talk about gender and sexuality, that's less of a linear spectrum and more of this like, you know, kind of mosaic-y, um, well, swirly, just, you know, um, circular really diagram, right? Where where you've got a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and we're all kind of like a Starbucks menu. It's the same ingredients, but you come up with different results each day. You know, somebody's got a latte, somebody's got a cappuccino, but it's the same stuff that's in there. So that, you know, um, and I was, as, as you know, I was identified after my three kids that they were all uh, diagnosed with Asperger's at the time, which is now not a phrase that's used anymore. Now it's just all under the autism umbrella. Um, but yeah, after the three of them, I have a daughter. Our daughters are very close in age. Um, mine is just turned 19. And then uh, I've got a 16 year old son and a 13 year old son. And I was, yeah, I was after them. I, I you know, <laughs> I think looking back on it, um, I parented the way I did because I was on the spectrum, because I was intuiting things that maybe the experts in our lives weren't. Um, I think that's true of a lot of parents, right? You, you get your kid in a different way, maybe than the, the professionals in your life anyway. But I think there was this other level and, and that's what sort of explained things to me. Um, you know, made things make sense when I got my own 
diagnosis. So um, I love the fact that you've loved the, watched the show too. That was it. This has been a complete highlight. This uh, this Netflix adventure, <laughs> and I have to say, I fell in love with the Australian version too. So I was already a fan. Yeah. So was there like a certain? Was it little things that added up? Looking at your kids and then looking at your life and going, wait a second, I, I have some of these traits too, or I'm doing this too, or was there like a boom moment first? So my dad had passed away not long before uh, they got their diagnoses. Mm. And looking, you know, just kind of thinking about him, he was the consummate absent-minded professor. I mean, an absolutely brilliant attorney, brilliant man who, you know, would rock back and forth on his feet, hated social situations. Um, He died of lung cancer. And I look back on it and he was self-medicating. He smoked and he was self-medicating. You know, I mean, that's completely what it was. Um, so that being said, um, I looked at him as I was coming to understand autism and I realized, oh my Lord, that's you know, from whence this comes, right? You know? Yeah. So suddenly I started to think, well, then maybe it didn't skip a generation. Maybe my life of, you know, that kind of concept that I'll, I'll talk about of being, um, well, I used to be told that I was too smart for my own good. That doesn't make sense at all. But no, you know, no, it doesn't. What is that even right? You know, um, but feeling how at the same time, how can I feel so smart and so stupid at the same time? And that was sort of my little life wrapped in a nutshell, you know, and I basically went through, took the bullet points that had been, um, you know, that come along with a diagnosis and unzipped them because they didn't apply to girls and they didn't apply to women. And what did I, you know, as I'm sitting there in a minivan with a nursing bra on, you know, what did, what did I have to do with little boys in pre-war Vienna who were getting, you know, all psyched about train timetables? You know, that's just nothing. But what I could do was that I could say, okay, well, what were they trying to achieve? What was the feeling that they were trying to go for? What was the need they were trying to meet? And in doing that, I could say, you know, no, I didn't line up trucks or I didn't have trucks to line up, you know, even uh, the questions themselves are so, so gender biased. Um, but I didn't have trucks and cars and things like that to line up. But what I did do was I did display my Barbies in ways that they made like wedding, I would take pictures other than say it was a wedding album. It was like a tableau or I was, you know, so it wasn't as much interactive or I would use scripts from news stories and that my Barbies would act that out, which sounds really ridiculously weird for a little kid, but that's what I did. Um, So it was a matter of going through each one of the bullet points and adding it all up and bringing it really um, to my therapist and saying, okay, stick with me here. <laughs> I think <laughs> all of this is going to make sense. And it it was not something they would have come up with except for the except for the context of having those intergenerational, you know, diagnoses or looking at my dad and going, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And then having to go through the work myself to actually break it down. Um, and in doing that, she, she said, you know, that makes perfect sense to me. And if you get any pushback from another doctor, you let me know. And we'll think we'll reconsider, but you know, and there never was any pushback. So that was it. And it made it made everything make sense in hindsight. You know, it was a relief. I bet. I know I've I've talked to other people who didn't get their diagnosis until they had kids. It made everything that I had gone through growing up and as a you know, as a young and then early adult, um, make sense in the, in the sense that one of the, you know, one of the things we talk about with women and girls in particular, and I'm not being exclusive and to, to that group. And I should also say 
those who identify as. So that's important because in doing my work, and I've specialized a lot with women and girls on the spectrum, I find, and this is super cool, that um, that people who are trans but identify as female also have this experience. So you have to wonder how much is nature, how much is nurture. It's kind of cool. It's a whole discussion into itself, but I just love the fact that it does apply, which is great. Um, so anyway, um, that for a lot of us, we end up masking and masking being this right this phenomenon where you're trying to blend in and and for so many of us we get pretty good at it we get pretty good at mimicking and scripting and but without knowing what the consequences of those scripts can be um you know i got to i learned how i copied tv and i got to be a really good flirt but you can get yourself in real trouble that way because you know you don't know what people then are expecting of you and get yourself in dangerous situations right and so that that was dangerous, but um, looking back on it, but you know, same same thing. You really do try to um, to put on this sort of facade to just blend in. You're not looking to be um, part of the background. That's not it necessarily. Although I'm sure that is for some people. That wasn't it for me. I just wanted to know how to be, which is why you also see a lot of us study um, biographies and be really interested in in people in that sense of learning literally how to be, how do I act? Because this isn't innate to me. This isn't or- an organic experience. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know if that sounds familiar too, but, but yeah, that's yeah. something. Yeah. My second book, right. And this is like the classic case, right? So, so for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know the term mind blindness, right? That is the um, expression just defining, right? So one of the things that people who are neurodivergent struggle with greatly is taking someone else's per- perspective organically. Now, that is such a big difference from not being empathetic, not the same yes. thing at all, right? It's how you yeah. get there. It's that um, we have to intellectualize. We have to learn situation to situation. Okay, this is, I have to stop, think, what could this look like from the other perspective? I might have to ask somebody. I might have to ask that person. It's not going to come organically. It's not going to come naturally, which is why it can look like and appear like we don't care. But that could not be farther from the truth. It's, it's you know, somebody takes a train to Orlando, somebody else flies to Orlando, but everyone's at Disney World. It's, the, you know, you get to that same place of being incredibly empathetic and incredibly caring. Um, but that all being said, uh, mind blindness, right? So mind blindness is that inability or that real big challenge with it. Um, when you're talking about the social rules, so... My second book, which actually literally just came out yesterday as its 10th anniversary edition. Yeah. So you'll have to come back. I got to reread it and you'll come back and talk about that. Oh, yeah. Exciting. Congratulations. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. This, it's called the Asperger's Secret Book of Social Rules. And the story behind it is where where I say this is like the consummate example of being mind blind was that um, after I was identified, I already had one book that was uh, Asperger's that was in pre-publication. So it hadn't come out yet. But my therapist, again, going back to this, uh, noticed in in a session, I grabbed a notebook and started scribbling something down. She's like, you know, what are you doing? And I said, well, it's sort of like, you know, the story of Helen Keller, where she had the one hand under the pump and, and Annie Sullivan is spelling water in her other hand. And it's she's eureka moment, like she's gotten the idea that there is language, there is right, there are 
a way to express everything. Well, it was like in this one moment, I went, oh my Lord, there are these secret social rules nobody ever taught me. I've been playing the game of life without the directions. This is, you know, <laughs> and yeah. suddenly everything just made sense. And so wow. I said, well, what you just did was a secret social rule. And so I'm writing it down because that way I can study it and I can remember it and then I'll be good. And she said, you know, that would be a really good book. You should send that to your publisher. And I thought, that, you know, would anybody want to read that? Seriously? No, that's just a me thing. Well, clearly, Dodo Head Girl, this book is now in six different languages, has sold almost 100,000 copies. Like, to, I say all that not to be braggadocious, but to say, look how clearly, like, when I want to, when I want to explain mind blindness, I literally thought nobody else had the same experience. Nobody. And clearly, Clearly, that was not the case. Clearly, that whole, what are these basic social rules, you know, and I don't mean like, you know, you know, say, excuse me, or whatever. I'm, but I'm talking about the the little things that, that can really trip you up in life. Um, yeah, I had, I just thought I was it. That was, it was just me. So, oh, wow. I know. If oh, that's we all, amazing. Well, isn't that the classic story of life where we all feel like it's that's just true. me, but it's not? No, no, it's not. People have got to see love on the spectrum. I would watch both. Uh, how did you get involved? You know, this is, again, one of those, I feel like I live this life of um, clearly it was meant to be because I have had no designs. Um, you know, so I guess my work had become pretty well known and I didn't even realize perhaps how well known in, in the autism community anyway. And um, I got a call, uh, I guess, two years ago from, um, or I got an email from Australia, uh, from Northern Pictures is the production company. And I say their name because proudly because boy, did they do good work. Um, but they had the second season of Love on the Spectrum in Australia was about to release that week. And they were telling me that they were going to be coming to the US and doing some kind of version here and um, basically just kind of wanted to get to know me. And I didn't really, it was an hour long chat. I didn't really understand why they wanted to get to know me because I was not single. I was not looking to date, you know, but okay, <laughs> sure. Um, I, you know, I guess it just seemed to be getting a feel for I the way I understood it or the concept I had was they're just getting a, a feel for American autism, um, if you will, and the, the kind of community and who's out there and, and just, yeah. So that, that all being said, um, I didn't hear from anybody for about a year and that was, you know, I just figured that's the end of the, that's the end of that, right? Well, and I hadn't heard anything more about the show, but I, for you know, again, not being a single person, not looking to date, I really didn't see what the heck the relationship would be. And I don't know why that didn't clue, it didn't clue me in. Having seen the show, knowing there was an on-camera expert, I guess because I wasn't a dating coach to be, you know, per se, I guess that just didn't click. But anyway, um, long story short, or uh, a Apparently, they interviewed a whole bunch of people, did not know any of this. They got in touch with me again, um, and we did a couple, you know, chats online. And then they sent me to Nashville to actually work with a client. And um, it went really well. Um, at least it felt like it went really well. And they then had to send everything to Netflix to get approved. And apparently, Netflix was like, yes, this is it. So, there we go. Suddenly, suddenly, I'm cast on a Netflix show. <laughs> that is so exciting. Now, when they sent you to Nashville, is that when they said, we're looking at you to be the expert yeah, on the show? They kept, yeah, I mean, at that point, I had to know what was what was up, you know, uh, right? So I knew that I was 
being looked at to be the Jody, if you will. Because um, if anybody watches, oh, she's lovely too. She is so lovely. She actually reached out to me a couple of weeks, about a month ago, and said, you know, if you ever want to talk, I was like, now could we talk now? You know, <laughs> so we <laughs> so we had a nice long Zoom um, together a couple of weeks ago, and oh, uh, it was awesome. it was it was because I think there's just nobody in the world who would understand the the crazy chaos that has come ever since the show has come out and it's good chaos but it is definitely chaos so um, oh, but yeah. yeah 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 so anyway um she's she's and for anybody listening right so she's the on-camera expert from australia i should have said that um and she's just been incredibly lovely and with some advice and things um but yeah so it uh, talk about throwing you into the big end of the pool you know <laughs> the deep end of the pool it, it has been that coming on the heels of or at the same time of of having so i've advised sesame street for a while now but then they just asked me oh, to write nice. one of their books like their first book on julia yeah which who's the character with autism yeah which is a whole thing too because i got to help um ha- sort of had a voice in when she was being created and didn't even <laughs> again with the mind blindness didn't even realize when she came out i was just so excited they had a girl didn't re- realize until my daughter was like, mom, seriously, that she had red hair and green eyes. And, she- <laughs> and she's like, mom, look at her. Look at the girl. You know, do you recognize anybody? Not like it's a direct copy, but come on, mom. You know, um, and then, it was, then that was a But So to me, to get to put words into the mouth, Cookie Monster was my first special interest as a little, little kid. Oh, and really? so, yeah, yeah. So, so putting words into the mouths of Cookie Monster and Elmo and and at the same time as having a Netflix show out. I mean, that's just like, yeah, amazing stuff. Oh, I'm so happy for you. You're doing such incredible work. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's jump into this first season. Do you know if there's going to be a second season? I really hope so. We we don't know yet. So, um, but it was, it was in the top 10 of the U.S. for the, for two weeks, which is a big honking deal. So yeah, so I'm really hoping so. You know who loves this show is Howard Stern and his wife. He talks about really? it a lot. Does he? Yeah. It's awesome. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Actually, uh, small small world, um, the gal who did the casting for uh, Orange is the New Black, um, right? Yeah, which is, you know, an ama- was an amazing show. Oh, yeah. um, yes. So she and I graduated from high school together, and she got her, her first gig was working for Howard Stern. Oh, how funny. Yeah, so small world, right? Small, that is so funny. Let's talk about the season. Okay, so Danny. Yes. So I like Danny, mm-hmm. but what was challenging is I think it's fine for you to have an interest, mm-hmm. but then you want the person you're with to be as excited about that. And I get that right. even as neurotypical. I sure. get, you know, because I get it. Sometimes my husband's like, honey, you want me to react in the way you want me to react about something you showed me, but I don't, you know, because I understand but right. to the point of like, I'm studying this. Are you going to study this? Right. Right, and right, it, and right, if right. you could touch on that for people who've seen it and kind of give us more perspective. Yeah, that's where we talk about that um, special interest, right? And the the coachable thing in that is is that um, we can all have our, our passions and we should all have our passions. Um, and it's wonderful when you can have someone whose passions intersect with yours, but they don't always necessarily have to overlap um, or, you know, completely be the same rather. Um, and I think that, but... You know, got to give Danny credit. She knows what she wants. And that is um, true. You know, and she is not going to settle until she finds the person. Her passion for those who haven't seen it yet is animation. And I mean, and she's, I think for her also, because she, she's grown up living with her aunt and uncle and they do talk about it on the show a little bit. And I knew Danny before the show, I should say also. Um, 
you know, but because uh, her mom was not really financially literate and was not able to take care of her, I think that for Danny, it's also a matter of like a survival instinct. It's not just animation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with this is what I can do to keep my head above the water. And I need to make sure that there's a partner out there who's going to be as invested as I am. So I think that probably has a lot to do with it with her. Yeah, that actually did come across. You're right. And I feel badly now because I didn't want to pay. I think my fear is more like, will she find someone? Because if oh, it's yeah. that narrow, could it kind of make you make it harder for you? Or could she yes. find somebody who's successful financially, but in a different field? That would be that would be great, right? Yeah, exactly. No, you're 100% right. It, it does make it a more limited pool that, you know, that's out there for sure. And then when she did with um, Adam on the show actually go on, on a date with somebody who was like really into animation, she told them that, he, you know, the, the outside of the package didn't have to be as good because so basically she's telling him he's not so good looking. So. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh my God, stop. My daughter and I were like, stop talking. I know. Stop, just, like, and I thought he was adorable. That's I beside the too. point. We all, I know, right. Talk to us about that where sometimes I think some people on the spectrum. Oh, yeah. No, probably all of us. <laughs> right? You just, you'll say anything you're thinking. Uh-huh. Not yeah. realizing, like, you just basically told that guy he's bad looking. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Exactly. You totally did. And, you know, you get, his reaction was, okay, you know. <laughs> um, right. But that's that whole mind blindness. It, come, it all comes back to that, right, is, you know, two things, I think, that and anxiety. Because when we're anxious, we tend to all say things that you know, the, 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 right. Mm-hmm. The, the, I carried a watermelon <laughs> moment from dirty dancing, you know? Oh the, yeah. That's right. Like, that's, what <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I call it. Like, the, oh, good for you. That's fantastic. You know? Um, but yeah, I think that, that, um, we do tend to suffer a little bit from that insert mouth, you know, open mouth, insert foot syndrome. And we get, we're excellent at getting right to the toenail of things of the matter instead of the heart of the matter. So we can kind of like skirt, <laughs> skirt around the edges and, and then, you know, not realize again with that mind blindness thing, how something is sounding to somebody else. And even if we did, well, why would that be hurtful? Because perhaps to us, it it wouldn't be all, you know, so yeah, I think it's really more about being a, almost of like a singular mind set, you know, and just so driven to that. And that's why with her, I really do think there's an element more than just the passion. Um, I think it has so much more to do with kind of her background and her life story. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Just me, me, a sense of things, you know, not knowing for sure, but a sense. So when I was watching Abby, all I could think is, is why isn't this guy, I'm going to call him Jim. Why isn't Jim on this season? He is beautiful inside and out. He's got a heart of gold. He loves, loves, loves animals. Oh. Anyway, I just kept thinking, oh my God, Jim would be perfect with Abby. I fell in love with Abby. Oh, such a sweet soul. Talk to us about her. Yeah. So Abby is all over the place. Abby is quirky. Abby is funny. Um, Abby, Abby's mind goes at the the speed of of light, you know, Um, and so conversations can do a little bit. When I came in to meet Abby, I was I didn't know that I was going to be allowed to to say anything about Disney because that's one of her special interests. And I came in and she said, oh, you look like Ariel. And I want what they cut out was me saying Thank you so much. My daughter once said to me when she was younger, mom, you used to look like Ariel. Now you just look old. So there you go. (laughs) There's another example of open mouth, insert foot, right? You know? Yes. Yes. Um, My daughter regular tells me, because mom, don't wear your hair like that. Doesn't look good. You look, it makes you look older, this or that. Or don't you have any, I said, I don't have any good angles. She's like, that's not a good angle. I'm like, at my age, it's hard to find. It's very hard to find a good angle. Exactly. (laughs) With a phone like 12 feet above your head. Exactly. Then I look lovely. Yeah, exactly. We 
we all do it. They should have kept that in. That's so funny. I thought it was kind of funny, but I you know, I, you know, there's only so much they can keep, I guess. But, uh, but, but yeah, that, so that was, I figured, okay, we've got an in here because that, like I said, is her passion. Um, but definitely one of the things with Abby that I really realized right away was that we were going to need something grounding, literally, um, and concrete to be able to kind of, she, in order to find any kind of relationship, she, and again, I say any kind of relationship because the things that I, that I taught during this show really have very little to do with, um, romance and everything to do with just establishing a good, it could even be friendship, right? You know, just how to, just how to interact with somebody else. And especially in the beginning when that, and that can be challenged, that's challenging for anybody. So it was about saying, okay, let's do something together. Let's do an activity where we can explore what a good conversation looks like. And so, um, you know, without going into it too much so that people can, will watch it. We did a little exercise with ping pong ball and rolling it back and forth. And at first I overwhelmed her by throwing, by rolling a whole bunch of them because the last thing you want to do is have an interview. And that had become what our little conversation had become was, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? Which is not a conversation. It's not a dialogue. It's not a back and forth. And instead then started rolling one back and forth and was able to get her really to have to, to focus enough to have a good conversation. And in the end of it, you know, the end of it, I said, do you realize what you just did? And that was, that was a great moment because she was so proud, you know, oh, that and, was such a great moment. That was yeah. a brilliant idea. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I think that's the kind of thing, you know, you asked me um, about with my kids and everything. That's the kind of thing that I would have done with my kids. I guess I did do with my kids um, that started getting people saying, well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And that's what really honestly led to me writing my first book in the first place was because apparently I was doing things differently, things that seemed obvious to me, but weren't obvious to others. Like to me, it's funny how much attention this ping pong ball exercise has gotten and, you know, just enthusiasm from folks are literally around the world who are now using this and techniques and, and that's amazing. And I'm, you know, all I can think of is, I just really needed something to come up with to give a visual for the camera that would also make sense. Okay, let's do ping pong balls rolling them. Like it just was yeah. there, you well, know, it worked. And, yeah, yeah, it did. That was so cool. Because then when she went on her date, you know, the, it looks, if you're reading body language traditionally, it looks like they're not into each other because there's not a lot of eye contact happening between either one. But although they were short, they had conversations, you know, um, they might have been just one time back and forth, but it was something back and forth. And that's all they needed, you know, so yay. Oh, I know. I just I loved her. James, I feel because he's more obviously yeah. having challenges, he yeah. has a certain way of speaking speaking carrying himself yeah and i just feel like there'll be a lot of women i think who will be judgy of that right yeah yeah and part of me wondered why they didn't try to set him up with somebody neurodiverse not necessarily on the spectrum but there's you know a whole oh, bunch emma of different amazon oh, is yeah okay now my mind is blown i didn't pick that up well she didn't say she didn't say it i mean they do the thing all the time like emma likes you know birds she doesn't like the sound of people chewing or whatever i right. hate the sound of people chewing that would be mine <laughs> lisa loves pitbulls she doesn't like the sound of people chewing <laughs> but honestly yeah i know not even not even that see that's the thing right because right. they're even with all the experience i have and all the people i've met knowing she just came across 
that she had had bad luck with guys. Yeah. And that she's like, I'm just going to try this guy because he's nice. And that sounds yeah. awful. But I'm no, just being totally I think that's honest. very accurate. I, the one thing that I remember her saying is that she said something to the effect of that um, either she had a really hard time making friends or people weren't very nice to her growing up or something. Something. Yeah, people weren't nice to her. Yeah. 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 It's something like that, you know. So um, looking back on it now, but these. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I've gotten to know now all of the participants over Instagram, even the ones I didn't work with, and so um, we've been messaging back and forth. And so yeah, but she's she's on there and she's um, and she talks about it. So which is which is kind of cool because yeah, they didn't mention it on the show. I don't think they intentionally didn't mention it, you know, but it just didn't come up. I guess. I think she was trying. I think that she had said something about about trying to go for, you know, keeping herself more open to things. I think that's why it looked to me like at the end of the first date, she probably was feeling a no, but but she kind of talked herself into, okay, yes. we'll, we'll give this a little bit more time and see, which is a great thing for people to do because, you know, sometimes first impressions are what second impressions are going to be. I think her second impression was pretty close to her first impression in this in this case. And I, with you, I, I felt, I feel I, I, for him because I think that that's, yeah, his his pressured speech, um, you know, there's a high level of anxiety there. And I think that's hard then. Um, anxiety is just like the nemesis of all awesomeness, right? Isn't it? I mean, and so, you know, you can see that kind of get in his way. Yeah, I love his parents. Oh, I know. I know. They're so sweet. <laughs> They're they so, are sweet. so sweet. And his, you know, his brother seemed like he was really there for him and everything. Yeah. So, um, I know, I know the families, the parts of that I love that I love them being a part of the show too. the families and the dogs. Somebody is like a whole Instagram thing of the dogs of uh, the dogs of love on the oh spectrum. God, they're so into the dogs on that show. And I flip and love that. Yeah, I know. Me too. It's great. <laughs> I know. So what, what advice would you have for Jay? I didn't see, did you didn't, did you work with, you didn't I work did with not. James? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that surprised me because I feel like if anybody really could use some extra help on the show. Right. Right. That would have been have great. Used, yeah. yeah. What, what, what's, what's the decision pro? Do you have any idea like how that works? Yeah. No, it's basically they say, they say to the person, would you like to work with coach? And oh. if the person says yes, then, and I come, if the person says no, then no. So, um, yeah, so I actually worked with Danny, but that because we knew each other, um, they couldn't, they couldn't put that on. But then there was somebody else who I worked that was somebody else who I worked with who, whom I just loved. And then he got cut at the very end, at the very end. Oh, really? So yeah, they just couldn't, you know, in trying to tell enough of the stories of the other people, there just wasn't room for an additional for a seventh cast member. So shoot. Yeah. So that was a bummer. But, but yeah, no, I I think you're, I, in watching them, I want, I want to jump in. I want to help, you know, but I think for him, a lot of it would have been anti, anti anxiety stuff. Honestly, it would have been. Um, cause I think that's what he needed more than, more than anything. Well, I hope he gets that, you know, because I I really, really he's so sweet. Obviously has a really good heart. Yeah. You know, you know, he really, I love. Yes. Kaylin's the one where I'm watching and I'm like, I don't see anything even quirky about her. Like, right, I'm sure right. there was, right? But it, she was the one who probably gets it the most. Of like, wait, yeah. what? Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anyway, if you haven't seen the show, don't listen. <laughs> Come back. Because I just have to say, <laughs> I was so pissed at that guy she oh, went out with. My what gosh. a freaking disappointment! That surprised me, especially because she opened up about how. She told another guy and he was like gone. Exactly. And he ghosted her too. He ghosted you know? her too. And I felt like her best friend kind of pressured her a little bit when she was talking about, well, when do you, you know, do you t- when should you tell people? 
And so I think with Kaylin, it makes more sense to let somebody really get to know them and then see, oh, oh, so you have ADHD and you have autism and, you know, oh, okay, but I love you and I know you. Right. It's such a hard, it's, I, it's so hard. And, you know, it was, it was an, I think that she kind of quote unquote came out in a way that was natural because he was asking about why you do the service dogs. You know, oh, that's right. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. So, and, and I think at that point, if you don't answer and you don't give that, then you are being evasive. Right. So no, that's it, true. I wasn't thinking. Yeah. I guess I was thinking more about her friend though, to me. No, I, I, like, I get that. Right. Like I think your friend really definitely wanted her to kind of be out there, you know, but it didn't like sound right like away. her. Right. But it didn't sound like when she, cause then when Kaylin told the story about what had happened with a previous person where the guy had kind of like just dumped her basically. Right. It it didn't sound like the friend who's the best friend knew that story, which oh, confused me a little bit. That kind of surprised me too. Yeah. I mean, she was lovely. Don't get me wrong. I, oh my I gosh. Everybody it. needs a friend Wonderful like that, best right? Friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I hope Kaylin finds someone. I, mean, I think she will. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think she absolutely will. I think they've all been inundated with lots of attention. Now I think it's going to be a matter of, you know, sifting through the crowds as opposed to trying to find somebody. Yeah. Yes. Again, just if you haven't seen it, Love on the Spectrum, the American season, just come back to Health Power because you'll enjoy the conversation much more when you're like, oh my God, Sabode or Sabood or Sabode. No, Sabode, you got it right. Whom I'm, I, I, I'm in oh love with Sabode. Oh my God, I love Sabode. I love Sabode. <gasps> Rachel, the Mary Poppins moment when they started singing, Let's Go Fly a Kite. <gasps> His family. Oh my gosh. I was like, I was literally crying. <laughs> His family. And his sister and their smiles. Oh. They're just all smiley and beautiful. And they are. Oh, I just, he is just such an interesting person. Yes. What, did, what was your first impression? Um, so I got to see a quick video of Sabode and Artie, his sister, before. Um, and I was, you know, it, it, I wasn't sure what was going to, what we were going to need to do, um, to be really honest. And what we, yeah, what we did, it's funny that I've got this. I'm realizing I'm saying this and it's an audio. I've got this um, whiteboard that looks like a speech bubble and I've got it right next to me and actually says Danny's list of Jews. So obviously I was using this with Danny on on a Zoom. (laughs) Uh, But um, we used this whiteboard to talk about um, like taking, do a a visualization of taking up a certain amount of air and leaving enough in with, for somebody else in the conversation. We practiced a little technique I call Ford, which is um, family, occupation, um, recreation. There we go. (laughs) Recreation of dreams, topics to beforehand, um, you know, to kind of brainstorm ideas that you might want to ask questions you might want to ask. Um, so with him, I knew that really practicing essentially like a life lesson in, in a, there's something called a social script, right? Where basically a social story, which I know, you know, and probably a lot of your listeners do too, um, where you literally, it's like reading a cartoon of what's going to happen and they use it with kids, adults. It can be very, very helpful. It's sort of just a walkthrough of what a situation is going to be. So knowing that he wanted to go out to dinner, that was that's their choice. Do they give him a choice of or kind of what they have a say? The participants have a say in what they want to do. So because um, I know there's been some criticism, like, well, every anyone's going to have a hard time sitting down at a restaurant on a first date when you don't know the person. That is certainly true, but that's what he wanted to do. So oh, that's okay. what, well, that's yeah, yeah. So that is there's definitely a lot of room for power for individual voice. Um, so yeah, um, but. 
Sabode, we we played we played dress up. We played right? like we played restaurant, and um, they did a beautiful job of setting that all up. And what was great to see is that how his family really practiced with him. Sabode is you know a more high um, needs person individual. He lives with yeah, his that's sister. I, yeah. yeah, right. And so I wasn't sure how much how much was going to be retained in the moment. Um, but it really, again, they practiced really hard. And what I love seeing, so, because one of the things what, that I had done with him was pulling out somebody else's chair. And this is not like the most necessary thing that you're going to do of all the things, you know, that was probably in the, but that and saying thank you to the wait staff was just, I thought just some basic kind of just nice manners, right? And I love how... <laughs> <laughs> at one point, first of all, you can see him whenever the waiter comes over because after the first time, I don't know if he did it, but then he, thank you. Like it was so like, I am doing this. I got this. Look at me, baby. You know, and then Rachel, his his date, at one point she goes to sit down. He goes, no, wait, and gets, <laughs> walks around, pulls the chair. Like you are not allowed to sit down yet. This is my job. I am doing my thing. <laughs> um, and they are very, very happy together. Rachel has downs. Um, and um, they seem to have a really lovely connection. She was actually on another show called Employable Me, that that's how uh, Kian had worked with her before. And I guess just felt like this would be a great a great match. And so a couple of people have actually recognized her, which is really, from before the show, recognized her, which is really sweet. But um, they just seem like a genuinely adorable couple. I know I'm spoiling again, but it's hard. It's hard just because they are just so precious. And you're right. Hey, the interview with his mom where she's talking about, you know, if she could f- help him find someone, she would have felt like she's done her job as a mom and finished her job. And here's this boy who, you know, didn't speak as a little one and he's finished college and he's done all these things. And, you know, but there's only so much you can control, right? And you can't control whether or not your child is going to find love. And so uh, it was a pretty special thing, uh, I think, for the whole family. They're just like, they're just thrilled. And now Sabote has over 20,000 followers on Instagram. So... (laughs) Yay! I know, I know, I know. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a sweetheart. I love Steve. I was waiting for Steve. I yeah. think Steve. Oh my god! I was like, if I was single, I would date Steve. He's right? funny. I love his yes. play on words. I love his play he's on handsome. words. Right, right. I love right. it. I mean, you know, I can see that after a while. Yeah. You know, yeah. although I'm yeah. kind of used to it because my um. My father-in-law is big on playing on words uh-huh. and puns and this and that, and he kind of reminds me of him. And oh, I just. I thought he was absolutely lovely. Now, yeah. were the women he set up with were they on the spectrum? Because I didn't get that impression well, either. Well, I don't think for the I don't think the first one, the second one, I sure think so. Yeah, actually, I can see that. Yeah, but not the first one. Not the first one. I don't. I don't think so. I, I and that was another person I wished I had had a chance with, to work with because just to practice what the end of the date should look like. Because he got really stuck on the very you know the end of the first one. She's like waiting for him to say yes, would you like to go out again or not? Or something like she's just waiting for something definitive. And he's just kind of, okay, okay, then. All right, then, you know, there's no end. Those things, that's what you need to practice. You know, um, I have an expression that I use is, you know, practice doesn't make perfect practice makes possible. And I love that. Thank you. Um, and that's one of the things that I think, right, you're not going to have a smooth with a second person who was basically asking him out. He didn't even realize it. And so he didn't have a way to respond to that, you know. Um, and so those are the things that, that I think would have been helpful. But what are you going to do? Maybe if we do a season two, maybe we'll have I get to work with some more people. That'd be great. I like the second woman a lot because she laughed 
at all of his puns and it seemed very genuine. Like she seemed like she really enjoyed him. Yes. And I was bummed that he didn't want to see her again. Can I tell you though, how many messages I have gotten? Please. Can you set me up with Steve? Like (gasps) so many messages. I've even had somebody who's like, I'm married, happily married, but I would love to be his pen pal. I'm like, I don't think that's, I think we're going to just ignore that one altogether. <laughs> yeah, that's not appropriate. You know, yeah. That's just really weird. I don't know what to do with that. But um, but again, but do you want to know something? There have been so many of them that, again, Northern Pictures is collecting people who want to get in touch with Steve. I'm not joking. So again, production at northernpictures.com.au. So if you're into <laughs> Steve. So great. I know. Oh, I I'd love, love Steve. That. I know. Yeah. Now, this is kind of a tough question to ask, but okay. what? Do you say to people who feel like the show, in, I even hate to ask this, but I, I infantilizes people with autism. I'm assuming you've heard that. I haven't heard that. I understand the the question. Oh, sorry, I don't feel don't now. be. Are no, sure? why? Yeah, I thought maybe you didn't heard that. No, but I no, it's it's completely fine. I've been I've been really blessed. Like I have had one person be negative uh, in social media. One, one. And I feel like I'm absolutely jinxing myself every time I say that. I know, you know, but, but I, I think that it's probably partially because I'm on the spectrum that people don't want to be personally insulting to me. You know, um, they don't want to get ugly, but it's not ugly to have, a, you know, an opinion on a show. And so I, you know, that's completely fine. If, if somebody feels that way, I, I don't because I know how much agency everybody had in putting it together. And I know how much respect was shown to each person and, and telling their stories. Um, you know, I, I know with me, it was, does this work for you? Are you okay with that? Blah, 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 blah. For each person, it really was. The only thing that was a little cha- chaotic for me was, uh, apparently one day, one day I, had worn a dress that had a pattern that apparently wouldn't work for camera, but I didn't know this. They hadn't, uh, it, it was a mistake on production's part, but poor Kean was like flipping out and it was a hundred degrees. Literally it was a hundred degrees in California that day. So I'm, he's, so I get sent to TJ Maxx to find clothes at nine o'clock in the morning that have to go on camera that day in like an hour. I have an hour to find clothes. So, you know, with the, with the fluorescent lights and the, oh my God. And I ended up having to change like in the driveway. It was a little chaotic, but other than, yeah. But other than (laughs) that, it was, it was, you know, they really um, wanted to make sure that every person had Every person felt that he or she was telling their story accurately. So if, if it's infantilizing, I guess I would love to, like, I would ask more questions. I'd say, like, tell me more. Why do you think that? Because, you know, everybody does need a like, because they need, they needed coaching or, you know, I'm not sure why. I guess I don't know really why they would think that. So one of the legitimate questions that there was about the show was, you know, there was no LGBTQ representation on this show. Um, but there was in the Australian, but not in the US group, you know, and then somebody else said, well, there wasn't a, a, a black member. You can't get it all when you're trying to get six people and and have stories. Um, but what Kian really did, and this I appreciate, and I wish there could be like a, a disclaimer, what his, the diversity he was going for was a diversity of the spectrum. And that, and that he did, he felt like that was where his loyalty had to be. So that whomever, he nailed it. Yeah. Whomever showed up and however they love or accept love was sort of irrelevant, you know, um, and that he would have been betraying that goal if he just looked to be tokenist, 
you know. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. That's what was so interesting about it. Yeah, I think so too. But, but, you know, so when you say about don't, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want you to hear the, you know, the, the infantilism thing, don't feel badly because I really feel like it's important when you hear critique, there can be story to it and you can then explain more. So, no, I think that's, I think that's a healthy thing. Well, my opinion is the show rocks. I love Thank the Australian. You. I love the American. I really hope there's a season two. I really do too. Cause I know Keen said he's in, he's in for it. And he said to me, are you in for it? I said, I'm in for it. So, um, yay. I would love to, I would love to get to do more. I'd love to let, get to work with more people and do more things besides just rolling balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, Jennifer, is there anything you wanted to add about the overall experience before I get all your great social media and website and all that good stuff? Oh, you know what? No, I think it just, it was a beautiful way. It was a beautiful way to be autistic. We just recently had, you know, autism pride, uh, day. Um, Autistic Pride Day, I guess it is, which is so confusing because it's during Pride Month and it doesn't have anything to do with Pride Month. It has to do with the pride of being on the spectrum. So it's very confusing. But anyway, I, I said, um, the truth is that I'm not proud to be autistic. I'm proud of how I'm autistic and that, you know, how I use it, what I do with my life. And I think that that's where it comes back to. That's what um, this show made me proud to be um, how, how it was put together made me proud to be part of it. I got so excited. When I found out that you were in it, I was over the moon. I was like, hon, the woman who did the foreword for my book. <laughs> Jennifer, yay. And I got like, hey, we'll get to reconnect. And let's yes. try to keep in touch. People always say that, but I Absolutely. just adore you. And oh, tell I mean us it. all the places that we can find you. You know, so the so my website, it, I know it confuses people, but it's Jennifer O'Toole, O-T-O-O-L-E, author.com. But that's okay. You can always just Google Jennifer Cook Autism and I'll come up. Um, that is my former married name and I can't figure out how to change the dang website. But then, there, but on Instagram, it's, uh, and Facebook, it's, I'm being honest, at Jennifer Cook, uh, underscore author. Um, and, uh, so at Jennifer Cook author, you'll, you'll find me, like I said, Facebook and Instagram are probably the best places to, to follow along. Great. And tell us about tell us your book names too, so people can get them. Oh, sure. So um, the the two that are the biggies are the my, my memoir was Autism and Heels, and that one was a West uh, a West a Wall Street Journal uh, bestseller. That one's aud- uh, available in audio as well, which is lovely. Um, and then the one that's celebrating the tenth anniversary that just came out is the As for Kids Secret Book of Social Rules, and that is absolutely for uh, young adults as well as uh, teens. Oh, that is great. Oh, I didn't read your Autism and Heels. See, I'm going to read yeah. it and you're going to come back, I hope. Cool. This is great. I would love it. I would absolutely love that. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Everyone, go watch Love on the Spectrum. Watch Australian, watch American. I think it's fantastic. And keep coming back to Health Power. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.